Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Out to Lunch, the podcast in which I take fascinating people out for a slap-up lunch. And all they have to do is be witty and sparkling and tell me all their secrets. Yes, it's Aid Edmondson here again, and I'm taking a spooky young man out to lunch. I shall ply him with good food and wine, and all he has to do in return is be witty and sparkling and tell me all his secrets. It's a sweet deal. I think you'll agree. And where am I today? Well, I'm in the heart of Mayfair. So called because they used to have an annual fair hereabouts in the month of, yes, you guessed it, May. And I'm in Shepherd's Market. Now, you might think it's called that because they used to have a market here for Shepherd's. But no, Shepherd was the name of the developer who built all the houses around here. It's an area that's always had a reputation for uh, exotic nightlife. Indeed, this is where Geoffrey Archer's downfall began. And the restaurant we're going to is named after an 18th century courtesan. Her name was Kitty Fisher, and that's the name of the restaurant, Kitty Fisher's. That's pretty simple, isn't it? My guest today is an idiot. To be more precise, he's one of the six idiots, their phrase, not mine, who started out together in horrible histories and went on to create their very own programmes, including one of the funniest sitcoms on telly today, Ghosts. If you haven't seen it, rectify that situation immediately and look out for the former scout leader who walks around with an arrow through his neck, because that's who I'm having lunch with today. It's none other than the brilliant Jim Howick. Jim. Hello. How brilliant to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you. An oh, honour. I'm a fan. Oh, a huge fan. Oh, wow. That's, that's very nice to that's meet you. That's a thrill to hear. I think Ghost is one of the funniest things on telly. Oh, thank you very much. It's just it's a, a proper hilarious sitcom. Thank you. We've, we've done our best, of course, because it's finishing now. Yes, that's very disappointing. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. But um, why are you bringing it to an end? Well, I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that five is enough of anything. Is it, though? <laughs> I mean, so Seinfeld don't, don't went on say, forever. Don't say that. Seinfeld, you know. Because I've made a huge financial mistake. Yeah. Um, I think you have. That's why I've got you in. <laughs> OK, we'll do another series. <laughs> What's tricky is trying to create practical stakes for eight characters that are, that are dead. Yeah. So... We're starting to sort of redress charm offensives and sulks and things yeah. like that. And yeah. I think once you get to that point, you have to make a difficult decision uh, and go out on a high. We're like a band that's never toured. Yeah. And that's why we still get on very well. Right. Um, we're just looking forward to the next thing mm. um, and the next kind of al album. <laughs> Rick and I did a thing in the 
sort of mid-80s called The Dangerous Brothers. Mm. It was part of Saturday Live. And um, we were only in the first series because we found it so hard yeah. to write. Yeah. We Because we'd start with page, blank page, explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, think, well, what, what can top that? A bigger explosion. <laughs> we made 10 episodes, seven minutes long each, full of so many stunts. With more explosions. And, we, we, and they said, come and do series two. And we thought, we just, we can't think of any more. Yeah. Now, Jim, we're out to lunch. What does mm. out to lunch mean to you? Does out to lunch mean having a bottle of wine? Yes. Yes. I think it does. It depends too. entirely on. <laughs> I mean, the wine I'm going to look at the. I'm going to look at the. Um, Have you been here before? I've never been here before. Kitty Fishers. It, it, looks, it was. It was an absolutely. You couldn't book a table about ten years ago. Right. Um, yeah. It, it was very very famous. What do you fancy? Very much. Well, I'm a, I'm a bit of I'm a fish guy. I like a yeah. fish. Josh here is our server. Josh, hello. Hello. There's some very nice starters here. I like the look of the potted chroma crab. Oh yeah. In fact, they all look nice. Cured sea trout. Yeah. You see, I was going to go for the crab. Maybe we can yeah. get some. Maybe we can get a starter tapas and a bottle yeah. of sancerre. Should we do that? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. I'll have the cured sea trout and the yep. cra- and we'll have and the we crab. Can, crab. Yeah. We'll have it together. And have a bottle of this sancerre. Bottle of sancerre as well. Yeah. Of course. Beautiful mains. Do you know I'm going to have the vegetarian one? I. I'm not a vegetarian, but I do like vegetables. Yeah. Well, um, well the- I love a grilled aubergine, so I'm going to go with a grilled aubergine chickpeas, tahini and feta. Of course, yeah. Interesting. Could I have a side of crispy potatoes? Um, yes, of course, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Could I have the whole place, please? <laughs> <laughs> Everything um, on the menu. <laughs> please, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm going to, I'm going to embarrass you now. Yeah. When I was when I was growing up, I grew up obviously grew up in in, in down south, yeah. just away. Well, a working class family, and we didn't really go to the theatre an awful lot. Yeah. In fact, when I did go to the theatre, it was to see my mother in amateur dramatics, very uh, nice. which was a very good standard. Yeah. And she was a stand-up performer. She played sort of Nancy and Oliver, and yeah. But good. I didn't have a great deal of sort of playwright and and, and play knowledge, and so. I did this course, which was a foundation course in Chichester, uh, to prepare for drama school auditions, which is essentially a year of rep. But for my audition, I knew I could find a Shakespeare speech, but they asked for a modern speech. And I really didn't know what that meant at all. So I did a speech from this book, which I have here, still the same book, which is Bottom of Bottoms. (laughs) Very nicely worn. Very worn. This has been everywhere to me. This has been on holiday. Yeah, this is my sort of teenage life. I did Richie's speech from Apocalypse. The (laughs) Oh Lord, You Won't Know Me. That's that when he's praying. I can't believe you're holding that book. Um, That's when he's praying. And I sort of ended it just uh, before he called out out to you there. Yeah, and did it go uh, well? I got in. Yeah. Well, look, it looks that like was, a play. That was the sort of, sort of play script yeah, format. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. a French's play. Yeah. And that sort of got me on the fast track to going to drama school. And So really, I owe everything to this book. Oh. And I'd be honoured if you'd sign it for me. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, my pen here. Uh, so there you go. Right right back at you. <laughs> there, there we are. Wow. This book made its way into the hands of Ryan Johnson, the director of Star really? Wars 8. Really? And Looper and films like uh, that. Which you were in. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the why I'm in it. Because when he was a student, he he also found a copy of this before he'd seen the programme. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he recorded one of the episodes with his mates. 
as the director. Wow. <laughs> We did. An, we I did. think he thought it was French New Hill Park. It's an existential. It's an existential show. It's not yeah. just. It, it doesn't. Didn't feel like just a sitcom to me. It felt like Godot, which I think is at a the sort end of, of every episode. Level. We used to write fan. Yeah. Because, because we were so cross that um, <laughs> Alan Yentob wouldn't let us call it Your Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted it to be called Your Bottom so that people would say, did you see Your Bottom on? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, so we used to write fan on the bottom of everything just to prove that we were French intellectuals. I was 12 when Bottom came out. I was a little bit too, um, I was a little bit too young for the young ones. My sister, yeah. who's six years older than me, was, was really into the young ones. I think, I think my sort of entry into the young ones was buying the single, the uh, Cliff Richard single. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bottom was absolutely perfect age for me. It was sort of a very, very formative time, sort of starting to get into my own music, yeah. enjoying sort of punk and grunge and, and, yeah. and sort of that sort of stuff. And Bottom was essentially punk on telly. Yeah. Oh, look, wine. Hello. Hooray. It's, uh, Hello, it's quarter, it's quarter past 12. Friend. It's five o'clock somewhere, isn't it? It's five o'clock somewhere. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's go back. Yeah, OK. Because... The Idiots, the Six Idiots, idiots yes. is, is your playful name for yourself. Yes. It's not a, not a public name, is it? It's not. No, we got to a point where it's like we can't really give ourselves a name now because yeah. we've already done sort of two shows. Yeah. It's like, so everyone has Larry to say, says, has say those people from Horrible Histories and, and Ghosts. Yeah, you know, it's like a sort of 40-year-old insisting on a nickname, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you start before uh, that? How did I start? Well, I, I, it all starts from a speech I did from from, yeah. from the, the television sitcom mm. Bottom. Mm. And I went to a drama school in North London called Mountain View. Yeah. So I then I graduated in 2000 and did a sort of, a num did pantomime, uh, yeah. which I really enjoyed. Did you do any stand-up? Did you do any No, I never did stand-up. I was in a sketch group. Yeah. And we went to Edinburgh twice. Let's get some oh, food. thank you very much. Yeah, I've got a seat right there. Very beautifully presented. Thank you very much. Yours is that. Was it, are we? We're doing a tap out. Should we? Yeah. Should Let's we do a minimum? Thing. Thing. I'm going to. Can we get another couple of plates? Is that all right? Thank you very much indeed. So we were performing at this residency in the Hen and Chickens alongside Tim Key and um, the Dutch Elm Conservatoire, so Jim Field Smith and Rufus Jones and uh, Sharon Horgan and um, uh, that's generation of, of um, comedy actors and writers from that I sort of was spotted by uh, Ben Miller uh, not a bad person to be not spotted a bad by. person to be spotted by at all and he approached me in the bar afterwards and told me that Patrick were bringing their show back to the BBC and I was a huge fan of their Channel 4 show and would I like to be involved somehow and uh, um, I, that would that would be my first sort of sort of big TV gig yeah. so absolutely jumped at the chance and then that, that's kind of the start of things mm. really Caroline Norris became the producer of Armstrong and Miller she went on to produce uh, Horrible Histories and uh, that's how I got into to that show and, and met the gang Ooh, that looks good it looks very good this is the crab we're talking this about is the crab. so crab it's coming sort of a ramekin crab fan from, so the untrained eye it might look like a bowl of hummus but um Yes, it's got it's sort of dark and quite a lot of brown meat. I imagine it's um, mm. very rich. So you you managed to find yourself in a group. Found myself in a in a group. In a happy group. Yeah, we were very happy. We were working really hard. Yeah. Horrible histories was a really hard job. Yeah, it looks. We, it, we, it, well, it looks fun. 
was great. But, it, but it, you can see, I mean, I can't imagine what the budgets were on CBBC. They must, Horrendous. Must have, must have been tiny. Yeah. Um, so you you have to do all the hard lifting. Yeah, as, it's a labour of love. Really. It has to be. Mm. So we were doing 12 episodes in the space you'd normally film six. And with, that quite, was with of, quite high values, I think. Yeah, oh, very, yeah. Unbelievable high you know. values. The songs are amazing. Yeah. You know, the directors, Dominic Brigstock and Steve Connolly, were excellent. I think somehow what the chaos sort of gave us was a, a, a truly strong bond. I think when you go through difficulties like that, yeah. it makes your friendship stronger. In the first series, the first few weeks... We were all sort of independently doing adult comedy elsewhere. So I was already in Peep Show at that point. Mm. And this was felt like a job that was, you know, fun. And, you know, I enjoyed the books, uh, uh, but it was, wasn't, was didn't feel like a sort of career, Horrible Histories. I never, ever thought I'd do mm. five series, but it became a sort of phenomenon, really. Yeah. We, we held on to that sort of anarchic sort of feeling, that, that feeling of, oh, we don't really care. It actually helped make the show what it was, which was through the eyes of the naughtiest boy in the class. Yeah. Or girl in the class or yeah, whoever. Yeah. Matt recently did the um, the Oxford Union, which he was a bit sort of worried about because it's quite an intimidating space. Yeah. But, but he was welcomed uh, like a rock star. They said they'd never seen a welcome like it. And... Um, we get it a lot when we went to Edinburgh last year for the TV awards. We couldn't really move in the courtyard. Yeah. Which was lovely, actually, really lovely. Ghost is obviously notionally about death, isn't it? And some of the, some of the, especially when you go back and look at all the deaths of the individual characters. Yeah. They're basically all rather tragic, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Katie's character, I mean, I cry watching Katie's character. Cry laughing, but cry, cry, you know, as well. Yeah. It still comes across as human. It gets you in your heart because you, you think, oh, they'd, imagine if they hadn't I mean, had the accident, you know, and what, what, what could they have been, you know? And it's very, really, very sad. It's, uh, it, it's, it's something that stays with us. It's something that really gets me whenever we film in the house. Um, and it's dressed is, is, is the portraits up on the wall of Humphrey complete and Lady Button it, yeah. it does make me feel quite emotional because I know those people intimately yeah. and it, you don't get that opportunity when you go to the National Portrait Gallery and, and look at these portraits you see people poised with in splendid outfits and, 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 and you don't really know who they are yeah. we do know who they are uh, we know their flaws, um, and uh, I think it's a, it makes it incredible, as you say, sort of an emotional thing, a human thing. Yeah. I feel things like that, and indeed the change, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the other show you're doing with with Bridget, and and Daisy Haggard's stuff, and Sarah Pascoe's stuff. It's all it's all kind of it's all got jokes in it, but it's all kind of lavishly buttered with with an emotional Grim. import. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, you can't see in Dad's Army. No. Or It Ain't Half Hot Mum. Yes. Or indeed Bottom. It Ain't Half Hot, Hot Mum did do that in the very last episode. Didn't it? If I remember rightly, it was... Oh, Windsor, yes! 
Yeah. There's the scene on the in train. The train. Yeah. In the train station. Yeah. Where he's got nowhere to go. They've got nowhere to go. The They're horrible the bully. The horrible bully sergeant has yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the the bullied man. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, it's uh, uh comes back and saves him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Oh, it's so it's so good that sort of stuff. I love it. I think it's very really life affirming. The, the guy who uh, he this the, the the private he was um. But essentially bully the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Um, Nancy boy, did yeah. you call him? Yeah. Now then, Nancy boy. Yeah. That's something we we found very gradually with ghosts. As I say, we we really started trying to find something that would service us as a group. And at first, the idea was to populate the house with loads of ghosts. Yeah. And almost make it like a kind of Muppet show of ghosts so yeah. you go down to the kitchen and there's ghost chefs that are just awful then you go to the garden and there's the, the two like guys that we actually we put into the beginning of the mary episode with with bridget that bridget was in if, if it was overpopulated and this group of ghosts would have to find each other yeah like a school sitcom or yeah. some or an army or something where there's an enormous kind of uh population something that inspired me with with ghosts when you're away from home even if you're away from home in our job yeah. ritual sort of becomes your friend because it can be quite lonely if you're in a cast of people that really have nothing in common with yeah and you're away from home for 10 weeks it can be quite lonely you need job. a structure you do and structure becomes a pal yeah and I think that that's something we definitely wanted to add to ghosts that is an emotive element to starve off a breakdown yeah and that's, I think, every single ghost is on the edge. And that's something that we've uh, explored throughout the series is the, is the melodrama of something we're doing this series, for example, which um, is an exclusive, is the, the idea that they may run out of games or they're getting bored wow. of the games they're playing. Yeah. That, to them, is, is as important as, as water. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to so fill the void? We can treat it like sort of... With an alien melodrama. Are you going to end the story? I don't know how you can end the story. Um, we, we do end, end the, the situation. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm slightly worried now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Dearest lunches, just to let you know that after you've finished listening to this, there's more. Yes, more. 
Join me over on The Digestivo, where you can hear your favourite guests tell us their top five restaurants in the world. Yes, that's in the world. That's potentially 60 restaurant recommendations from our special guests. And let me tell you, they know a thing or two about dining out. The Digestivo is also the place where we squeeze in some of the juicy extras that we didn't have room for in our regular episodes. For just £2.99 a month, you can get all that and every episode completely ad-free. Way less than the price of an actual Digestivo. This is the sort of thing you could be missing. You know the um, lamppost on opposite Andrew Edmonds? You probably don't. But let me tell you about it. I paid for it. Did you? Yes, because I knocked it down. Did you? In the, Did you? In the early 80s. Okay. So I am that one. That must have been expensive. Nice. See? Start your free trial of the Digestivo now by clicking Try Free at the top of the Out to Lunch show page on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you about your food experiences, from the most heavenly to the most excruciating. Just email lunch at sonymusic.com. Right then, back to the chat. Now tell me about the, um, I think it's probably a double-edged sword, the, the selling of ghosts to America. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I've seen a couple. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I venture an opinion? Yeah, sure you can, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got none of the charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky for me because... I'm an ex- I'm an exec on it, albeit um, <laughs> I'm as, sorry, as they call no, not, yeah. not at all, as uh, they call a, a passive exec. Mm. So we um, had an awful lot to do with the beginning of the show, constructing the sort of pilot, the sort of characters that yeah. would be included, given America's quite recent and brutal history. Yeah, things that we we wanted to do a civil rights character we wanted to do well in fact we wanted to do a plantation owner and a slave right yeah. and have them battle it out between them but the cbs didn't want to go anywhere near that oh wow you know it's, it's as i say it's not our history so we can't yeah. don't, it wasn't our place to insist we just wanted to sort of plant that seed we did sort of sort of more robustly insist on, on, a, on a native um, american uh, yeah. storyline and exploring that because, you know, Ghosts does go there. We're more equipped with history and yeah. different dynamics. And, and the nuances of it. The nuance is exactly yeah. that. And, you know, but the trouble with America is that life was cheaper far more recently. Yeah. And it wasn't just about war. It was about sort of class and segregation yeah. and everything else. We had to be careful where we trod. But we, you know, we suggested the hippie uh, yeah. on a trip, sort of wandering out of the festival and encountering a bear and, uh, and things like that. But we kind of wanted to hand it over to them and we yeah. were busy writing our own show. Yeah. But we knew that the show would be very different to ours because I think that um, British sensibilities, and as far as comedy is concerned, is very different. We're allowed to breathe a lot more. There yeah. isn't so much hang up on joke ratio. Yeah. And there is also more time, even in a BBC half hour. It looks like a group endeavour. Yes. And yes. somehow watching something written by the people who are in it is I always find much more fascinating. Yeah. Because you've already kind of established so much. There's a shorthand that comes with even just being in a pub. I remember when um, 
I mean, don't mind me talking about this, but when Rick passed away, yeah. which was an enormous shock for everyone. Yeah, everyone, me included. I mean, my God, yeah. I can't imagine. But so I remember something you said, which really struck a chord with me. And, and I still think about it, was when you said there are times when Rick and I were writing together that I thought I'd die laughing. Mm. And I think most writers' rooms, certainly writers' rooms that are friends first, yeah. Yeah. will completely understand that. Mm. There are times when we are coming up with ideas and, uh, you know, they're bits, really. Yeah. We uh, are fighting whole, for breath. The whole process is bits, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Your first audience are, are your, your friends. Are friends, yeah. That's the best audience. Of course it is. You never, never get a better one. Pat was born completely from a bit. Well, let's we, talk about Pat. Why is Pat called Pat Butcher when Pat, Pat Butcher is a well, famous, he was just Pat famous East Enders character? <laughs> that was something we, was a, we had to... Well, I think it was me. This was me being sort of... I just thought it was funny to compare the two. Yeah. Like, you immediately... You know, the fact that he died before East So it's intentional. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah good. Completely, yeah. 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 So uh, in Series 2, Episode 1, there's a, there's a story where ghost hunters come to the house and... They put on a special uh, recording system, which they yeah. say can hear spirits and ghosts. And Pat hears this, and Thomas is with him, and they do their own little impromptu radios. They play radio station. Yeah. I threw it in then and said, "I'm just going to do it." I'm Pat Butcher. You're listening to Bolton FM. Was that? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was funny because all of the audience, or certainly all the parents who are watching yeah. and the grandparents, will see a uh, will see Pat Butcher <laughs> with her dangly earrings and her you know, yeah. lip liner. Yeah, and it's and and um, and I thought, what a funny thing to have sort of two BBC One characters yeah. with the same name. Such a strange <laughs> marriage. You were talking about inventing Pat. We all got together in Conway Hall. Yeah. Uh, so we'd already done Yonderland, which was a show for Sky, which is a fantasy show with puppets yeah. and things. And we wanted to do a show with a with a for the BBC to, to sort of uh, uh, for a bigger audience. Yeah. And we got together and we decided on a haunted house. And who can who can populate this haunted house? And uh, the, I said... Is this six of you around a table? Six of us around a table, yeah. yeah. That's a very hard writing... I mean, I've, yeah. never, I've never been in a writing room that big. Again, because uh, we're essentially... We, you know, we did horrible histories, then Yonderland, then, yeah. then Ghosts. It felt very natural. And but most of those groups, like the Pythons, were all in pairs and singles, you know. Yes, and, uh, yeah. The comic yeah. strip was all in pairs and singles. Many people say that, actually. Yeah. That's one of the questions we get asked a lot, is how can we, how do you do it? Yeah. Without Processes that I find fascinating. Stuff. Yeah. But it's like being in a band rehearsal. Yeah. When you get to a point where you can say, why don't you try a little sort of, you know, yeah. little twang or, yeah. you know, something yeah. like, you know, a, a, a radar sort of subsonic thing or something. Yeah. Just try that there in the middle eight or whatever. Um, and is it one conversation that's going on? Yes. Always. Is it? Yeah. So Pat was sort of essentially like, what what happens if a grown-up in a scout uniform got shot in the neck by his own yeah. scouts? That was the sort of yeah. the question. Yeah. And the answer was, well, go on then. You know? <laughs> and I sort of did a performance in front of the group of Pat's death, this kind of carping for breath yeah. Incredibly brutal scene. 
they all really enjoyed you said well that has to be in the first series we have to put that in the first series because I think that's a sort of obviously there's no hiding how he died yeah I based that performance a lot of that performance on a guy when Matt and I write because we write a lot of episodes together Matt and I we we do tend to go off oh, so you are in little pairs yeah well. we are yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. once we've come up with the stories we uh, right, so go away and uh, in pairs so Larry and Ben write together a lot and Larry writes a script with Martha as well and Simon writes pretty much on his own um, and Matt and I write uh, he's the Eric Idol yes he is yeah yeah he's in Hollywood um, <laughs> Isn't that yeah. weird? That is weird. But we used to yeah. watch when we sort of came came up against it. We needed a break. We'd watch people eating extremely hot chilies on YouTube and oh, uh, watching boats sink <laughs> in real time. Yeah, there's some great boat sinkings. <laughs> this is my favourite go-to kind of Instagram. There's this guy reels. who who eats chilies and he's and he sort of starts to panic. And so we're like, well, we've got to put that into Pat's sort of death when the arrow goes in. He's going to be in shock. And so yeah, but yeah, that was Pat. Wow, look at that. Blimey, thank That's you very much. Place. That looks oh, oh, very nice looking crispy potatoes. They are very delicious. Thank you very much. I think I'm all right. Thanks very much. This is delicious. You're um, famous for trying to make people corpse. I would never do it to someone outside the group. I think that's what comedy is. Yeah. I think comedy, it's like when you were saying, first and foremost, you lose your breath laughing at jokes that are in the writing room. Yes. Uh, similarly, on the set, you're trying to amuse the people you trust and know like comedy. Of course, yeah. So you've got yeah. to try and make them laugh. Yeah. That's the only purpose for being there. It's Have delicious. You kept Jenny in? There are moments in Yonderland, certainly, where we were really up against time where you can see us going. In fact, there are takes where we had no choice but to put that in. But I think it's delicious. Not only do I, I think do, it's delicious, yeah. but I used to love it watching Bottom Live when you and uh, Rick used to go, yeah. you know, used to crumble and, yeah. and bask in the. In the, and in the, the joy, glory. Of it. no, it's, just, yeah. it's just a joyful it's thing. It's like having fun. But the audience love it too. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a line, obviously, where you can indulge yourself yeah. perhaps a bit too much. I'm always on time and I'm always courteous, <laughs> but I will try and stretch it and, and push it. I did it on sex education a, a fair bit and I do it on Here We Go a bit because those were like sort of family um, scenarios with my sort of school children and also with my actual family on Here We Go. Yeah. But I think it's vital because, as you know, when you're doing uh, sort of eight, you're doing the same joke sort of nine times yeah. in an hour. Yeah. Um, and you don't know which take's going to be used. I think it's just good to offer some variation. Ghost is all filmed on set without an audience, isn't it? Our sitcoms are always filmed with an audience. Yes. And we used to get paranoid about the idea that we might not get any laughs. Right. So, really? so you'd have a... Oh, yeah. Oh, do you never worry? Uh, you're not well, funny? I, I don't, the last oh, studio audience thing I did was much. with Martin Clunes, um, which was Reggie Perrin, was the remake of Reggie yeah. Perrin. And I learned an awful lot about the studio audience. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, um, But you don't tend to, That was back in the days of Teddington Studios. Yeah. Where well, did you film Bottom? Was it Studio we, 8? We do, um, studio 1 and Studio 8. Yeah, the two, yeah. The two big ones. Yeah. yeah. The studio week was a... Was a 
for six days and you do four days rehearsing. And on the fourth day, all the technical team would come yeah. and they'd watch it through. And they're all, they've all got their kind That's of... Dry. They've all got their maps and their kind of thing <laughs> and where the lights are going to be and everything like that. And Rick would get obsessed. See, but they didn't laugh at all. <laughs> Nothing in this is funny. And then you had the, the show on the Friday night. And then the show and normal people come in yeah. and oh. they'd laugh. Yeah. How did you do that bit? I used to love it. That the bottle episode you did of Bottom, which was on the on the Ferris wheel. Oh yeah, and it collapses at one point. Yeah, and it swings up. Was that you on there, sort of strapped in? It is. Yeah, blimey, we did a lot that of stunts. Quite a stunt. I mean, I think that's probably. I think the, the biggest, biggest stunt, stunt we ever did was in the young ones when we that we were fighting in the room above, fighting so hard that the floor gives way and we land in the kitchen on the bed. And um, so you had to. If, 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 you, if you slow that down, you can see us fighting for breath because <laughs> we're on, we're in a kind of tray, basically shaped like a bed, yeah, with cardboard boxes in it and a mattress on top, and it, and it really wins us. <laughs> How many times did you do that? Just the once. Yeah. There's a great bit when Rick sets fire to the um, to the oven and it explodes. Yeah. And, uh, the flame is much bigger than anyone ever imagined. <laughs> and uh, what people don't know is that the clock on the opposite side of the studio, of the set, yeah. melted. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. Was there a time when... Uh, sorry, I'm doing this. I've yeah. turned it around again. Yeah. Well, when you were doing a sort of fry, frying pan back and forth. Oh, we used to hit each other constantly. Especially live. Yeah. Live shows, because the, there's no camera angle Injuries. to work with. Yeah, stitchings. Wow. So stitchings and things. Blimey. Look at my eye. My, like a boxer's... Look closer. Uh, they're, so they're sort of full of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little oh, kind yeah. of scars. How was Star Wars? That was... It, it was... was uh, it was kind of weird. Did you have to sort of hand your phone over? Yeah, everything was very secretive. I'll tell you the worst thing. I never knew what the script was. Really? I kind of got given a reading of it with a, someone in a room watching me, making sure I didn't write anything down for my bits. But then I'd, I'd get sides every morning when I was filming, and everyone else's lines would be redacted. Stasi Wars. So I'd, we'd have the first rehearsal, and I'd have to kind of write down what other people were saying. And you had quite a hefty... It, was, it wasn't hefty, but it was I'd noticeable. Say, I'd say a noticeable part. Oh, Let's say noticeable. Noticeable. I'd say in terms of malevolence, there was heft. Yeah, there was. You heft. have to have heft. Yeah, like first order. I'm a stop, I, proper bastard. So I, th know, I think in, in, in defence of my character, he was only following orders. Big set, though, massive. Oh, I went on several spaceships. Everything was green outside, and green screen. Right. Yeah. Little robots were roaming around. Incredible. Are you a figure? Are you yeah, a, uh, I think I am. Yeah, really? You can buy me as a figure. Simon was in. Simon Farnaby was in yeah. Rogue One, and his name in that was Mons Farnsby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've just got like a boggle. Yeah. Boggle well, mine's a bit like mine. They shake it. Mine's called Edrison Peavy. <laughs> Edrison Peavy. Edrison Peavy. Okay. Yeah. They're all anagrams, aren't they? Yeah. Essentially. Is it a two-bottle lunch? I think it is. I can see it it's in a your face. Can we? Right, I'm going to give you some names of characters you played. Okay. You played an awful lot of characters. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very lucky. I, I don't know. How many hundred characters do you think you're playing? Including horrible histories. Yeah, especially, because that's, that's... That's the reason why you're asking me that, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Well, let's put it another 400? way. 400? 
400 characters, you think? I think so. Uh, now, supplementary question. Have you got 400 voices? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Try me. How long have you got? What, do you know what's funny is that we, 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 with horrible histories, often the rule was that the more ridiculous you looked, the more normal the voice. Right, yeah. So if you were in, yeah. So if you're in like an enormous work. kind of caveman covered in soot or yeah. whatever, you know, if your name's Richard and you're just like, you know, some guy yeah. from the sort of suburbs, yeah. it's a lot funnier. Josh, could we have a could we have another bottle of that? Thank you very much. Hello. Very kind. These are some character names I'm going to give you. And see if you can remember what they're from. Okay. Right. Hurricane. Uh, that would be Thomas the Tank Engine. What was that? I did a. That was a. That was a, yeah. a, a, voice, a voice for performance. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a sort of. Uh, uh, he was a baddie actually. He was part of the sort of steelworks where Thomas was uh, exiled to. I like this story. Very yeah. good. Thomas so. Nutter. He. That was inside number nine. What was that like? That's really that was incredible. incredible. So, so, you must have been working with people you, you admired there. Very much. Yeah. Here's another character, Aaron. Broadchurch. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's a completely different mm. kettle of fish. And a really good kettle of fish. Playing a villain is 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 well, a lot of fun. Playing a joke with no laughs at all. Yeah. It was a difficult subject matter. It was yeah. tricky because um, I think what I'm getting at is do you, do, you, is do you think you're a comedian or an actor? I would say I'm an actor. Yeah. An actor I'd like writer. to say I'm an actor. Yeah. I'm best at comedy, probably. I don't know. I don't feel like I've had the opportunity to test myself sort of professionally as a serious actor yet, even though I've played an, an ex-rapist on a, on, a, on a massive show. Yeah. I've got another character here. Yeah. Thunder Monkey. You've got some very strange named characters. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Monkey was a character in No Heroics, yeah. which was a 2006, I believe, right. ITV2, probably ITV2's first ever comedy sitcom. ITV2 made it as ITV2. So, I think so. Wow. Swamp Creature. It was a swamp Creature a Hyperdrive. Very good. Yeah. Great names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you become more successful, they get more, bo more boring. Yeah, you get your Gary. You know, Pat's all right. You know, Gary, yeah. Paul, Neil. Yeah. Because you're a lead. Just Neil. All of a sudden. Leads yeah. have boring names, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Now, sex education. Yeah. A lot of the people who are in sex education have gone on to be in the Barbie movie. Yeah. But you haven't. No. I auditioned. <laughs> You? Badly. No, did you audition? I didn't. I auditioned, but without any sort of real gusto. So I auditioned for a Mattel executive. Yeah. A baddie. Sort of that, I haven't seen the film. I think the Mattel board is all like officers of the first order. Right, okay. It's, it's Star oh, Wars. Shit, I should have, yeah. I should have put some work. You should have done, yeah. I was sort of sick of doing self-tapes, which, yeah. you know, even when you're sort of working steadily, my self-tapes consist of the iron being up, <laughs> like three books, yeah. your iPhone, then you take a fucking mirror off the wall, yeah. so you've got a white wall, yeah. which has a stain. <laughs> from behind it. From, from the killing, from the sunlight. From the accidental from the killing, killing. From the killing. <laughs> <laughs> has a spurt. Yeah. Uh, and then you do, and, just and so, splash, you know, and the part was kind of... Just a splash of blood yeah. along the background. Yeah. That would be good enough. 
the part was sort of a chorus, this chorus of metallic executives. Yeah. And I didn't really put uh, the effort in, and I wish I had. Yeah. I wish I had. You know, the, the kids from uh, Sex Education, their trajectory has sort of started at, at the top because, for good reason, because yeah. they're really, really, really good. And... I'm very good friends with Connor Swindells, who's in the sh who's in the film, and, and he's you know a dear friend, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're amazing. Those kids. That was a great show to be a part of, really. Yeah. And even though I was kind of dipping in and out of the, they were very very close because they were there all the whole time. They all had apartments in Cardiff, and we filmed it in Wales. I was kind of visiting, so I'd come sort of every two weeks and do three or four days, but. I grew very, very close to them. And it was strange for me because it was the first sort of job where I was the oldest in the room. Yeah. Uh, and I've always felt like the youngest in the room. And in fact, when I felt the change, the big change, I was it? the youngest in the room for, for many of the scenes. The change was great. I love the change. Thank you. Well, I had Bridget on this show the other week. Yeah. Uh, She's I, great. I, I, I've always loved her stand-up stuff. It's just... Yeah. She's so kind of... Unique, yeah. So it's a voice you haven't heard before. The subject of the show is vital, really. Yeah, I think it's something that hasn't even really been in the um, the sort of peripheries of comedy. Yeah, it's an entirely new subject, and yet it isn't at all. Yeah, the idea of making comedy about men of course, happens yeah. to every woman. Yeah. Isn't a rite of passage. Yeah. This is something that happens to every yeah. woman at, at some stage, like yeah. puberty or anything. Death. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a guarantee. So the idea that there hasn't been a comedy made about it is uh, uh, yeah. shocking, frankly. But because well, of the patriarch, of course it is. Of course it's because of us. Because of, of us, we've ruined everything. Because you know, the I'm ruining ruined it more than you because I'm older you know, than you. But you know, <laughs> I'm old, I'm middle-aged male. You know, we filmed um, it in the Forest of Dean. It was yeah. it was a beautiful place to film. I saw sort of families of wild boar when I was out there and early in the morning and. But yeah, I, I became sort of friends with Paul I mean, Whitehouse, yeah. who was another uh, hero of mine. So you know, in the, in, in in the last two years, I Paul. Paul's I a very to, Paul's such a kind of biddable bloke, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's so kind of um, so we we easy to talk we, to. We sit about you know two blocks apart at Spurs. Dear, so right. he's a Spurs season ticket holder as well. That's why he's so morose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jim, I have to say, thank you very much. You're a, he he a, a, a hero. A hero. Uh, more than a hero. An inspiration. A, 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 a guide. No, oh, it's very kind of you to say. Well, what an absolute delight. What a stalwart fellow Jim is. You can watch all episodes of Ghosts on the BBC iPlayer. And enormous thanks to the team at Kitty Fishers for letting us stuff our bellies. Go to, you guessed it, kittyfishers.com for more info and booking. Thank you to our production team. Production management is Poppy Thompson. The assistant producers are Rani Prescott and Dulcie Wadcock. Social media is Jonathan Imiere. The recording engineer is Shivani Makwana. And the mix engineer is Gulliver Tikel. The senior producer is Selena Ream, and the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Out to Lunch is a Sony Music Entertainment production. That was out to lunch. We've eaten all the grub that set our lips a smacking. That was out to lunch. We polished off the booze and soiled our napkins. Goodbye.